The Mahogany Project presents I Just Want to Tell Stories, hosted by Joe Anderson Jr., powered by the South Congress Podcast Network. Hello, hello, world. Welcome to the season finale of I Just Want to Tell Stories. My name is Joe with The Mahogany Project. I am super excited for our last guest. Um, I think are you na- you're a native Austinite? I'm a native Austinite. You're a native Austinite. Native East Austinite. A native East Austinite. Yes. Put some respect on her name. Um, we have Cindy Elizabeth. Yes. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank I'm you for so, agreeing to do this. I'm so happy to be here. I am elated to talk to you today. Aww. I'm super excited. You know, so the first thing what we do um, mm-hmm. when we have guests on is we talk about how we met. Okay. I will be honest with you. I do not remember. Mm, okay. I remember. You remember? I okay. remember. Well, <laughs> <laughs> is this something we can say live? Like, <laughs> do we need to edit? No. Okay. No, 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 okay, no, no, okay, no, okay. no, 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 no. I think, I think uh, the part, the most um, excitement happens on my end. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but I met you at... Fourth uh, of July pool party over at Miracles. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Okay, I remember that. We were sitting underneath one of the little gazebos. Yes. yes. We were having a conversation, and you were just like full of life, <laughs> and wanted everybody to participate and to get to know each other and to talk to one another. And being the Joe that you are, <laughs> um, you were like, "Give me your top five albums of the year or something to yeah. that effect uh, yeah and so we were going around a circle someone brought up azilia banks oh <laughs> i don't know i don't know who brought up azilia banks but then somebody wasn't feeling it <laughs> and then so i went into this whole conversation <laughs> around twitter banning azilia and you know the effects that uh, effects of misogynoir yeah. and and how it affects different people. You know, I don't know. It's and so there was a debate yeah. that was going on, yeah. and someone tried to come for me. Oof. And uh, R.I.P. And you were there to say, you know what, guys? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Out. And we moved on. And, and look at us now. R.I.P. to whoever tried to come for you. So sorry. So sorry. Ashes to ashes. Dust to dust. Dust to bitch. dust. Right. right. Dust. dust to that bitch. I don't even know who it is. We'll, we'll talk about that after we finish recording. Okay. So you are born and raised in Austin. Mm-hmm. Tell us about growing up here. Your childhood. <sighs> so growing up in Austin as a child was... Fabulous. Can I curse? Yeah. I just say bitch. Okay. It was fucking fabulous. Yeah. Growing up in Austin as a child. Fucking fabulous. Um, and I, I grew up in a predominantly black area of town. East Austin, East Austin. at the time was predominantly black. So everywhere you went, people looked like you. Yeah. People in the schools in the, in the neighborhood looked like you. Where at on the east side? Like what? Um, I grew up near airport and MLK. 
Oh, okay. So okay. right, you yeah. know where the Sonic and the Taco Bell yeah. is, and yeah. all of that stuff. I just stay in that area for a little bit, and when I was in Austin, while I was in Austin. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm still here, but yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I moved. Okay. I have to break the fourth wall really quick. I get my hair cut at Agape Barbershop. So, do you right like there. it? Yes. Our, our producer is talking. I don't know if the mic picks him up. He yes, said he, 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 okay, he gets Sorry, his haircut. I had to jump in really quick. Okay, that's, that's Come good on, to know. Sally okay, because you know, I'd be looking. Do you? My barber be, my barber stay booked. I don't have a barber. I have a side, side chick, and I have a side chick to the side chick. You got to. You have to. You have to. You have to. Because Billy be like, God damn, I'm like, Billy, can you fit me in, bitch? Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to build your team up. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard sometimes it's hard. because you got to test. You got to test them test out. Them out. That, you be wearing hats for a minute, but I got a fucked up cut. Yeah. Okay. So you grew up on uh, near airport and MOK. I grew up near airport and, and MOK. It was fucking fabulous. It was fabulous. Everyone around you looked like you. I just remember being out in the streets playing all hours of the day and night. Kids everywhere. Basketball hoops going down to the neighbors uh, at the end of the block to mm-hmm. play on their basketball hoop and get cursed out by their mama yeah. because you keep standing <laughs> on the you know the part. It's like the black. I don't. I don't know, but like with basketball hoops, they have the. Uh, the older ones would have that big tank that you would fill with sand or water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. probably still do. I just have seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, and we would get cursed out by the the mother at that house for standing on that, <laughs> that tank. <laughs> so we get sent home, sent home and come right back. And come right back. And, you know, she was, over it after 10 minutes. <laughs> she, she over it. She's like, I hear these badass, that headass, that ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Here they come back. Here they come back. But yeah, so that's, it, it was, it was all day, every day, just nothing but love and fun and just, I just felt so free. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the thing about that is that so much happiness and joy did come out of a lot of pain, though, mm-hmm. because um, the 1928 master plan, are you familiar with yeah. that? Yes, that pushed all of the black, Austin's black residents east of the highway or East Avenue at the time, yeah. but it's 35, 35 right now. now. Yeah. Um, and so that's how we all came to be. It was like thriving with black business, thriving with culture, thriving with like so much stuff. Yeah. Um, and that just I feel very lucky and very blessed to have been on the tail end of that before mm. gentrification hit yeah. because a child growing up in Austin right now would have no idea really in East Austin yeah. a black child in East Austin won't have any idea what that was like to yeah. grow up in a predominantly black part of town where everybody looked like you everybody spoke like you everyone respected you yeah. people looked out for you and people loved you and people wanted to see you do well and wanted yeah. to See you at live your black life. Live your best black life. Yes, and now <laughs> it's the opposite. It's a little bit different. <laughs> being in a East lot Austin, of bit different. Yeah. Being in East Austin, yeah. It's, it's, it's changed. Yeah, it's changed a lot. So, do you have any siblings? I have, yes. <laughs> my mother and my father uh, have five children. Okay. So I have three brothers, and I have a sister who's my brothers are older, and my sister's younger. So you're like in the middle a little bit. Uh, Ish, yeah, yeah. I'm only one away from the van. Yeah, the, the caboose. Right. Yeah. So I, I got my spot. You yeah. know, I, I got my spot. Are there like what was it like growing up in that dynamic? It was like four other people around. Um, with four other people around. Well, with four siblings. Sorry, I, it's just me and my brother. So yeah. When I get when he get on my nerves, I can I can escape him. You right. Know? <laughs> See, the thing is, is that when you have that many, you gotta have clicks. 
Oh, okay. Who's in your clique? <laughs> My brother Dan. It was me and him. Like, it was me and Dan against everybody. We the only person we really didn't mess. We didn't mess with my brother Ted that much. Okay. Ted, we didn't really, we didn't really fuck with yeah, Ted. Yeah, not, not. But we would fuck with my oldest brother, and we would fuck with my younger sister. Yeah. And I said it was two against two, and then one is just in the middle. Yeah. Well, they, no one else. Oh, it was just y'all two in the clique. It was me and Dan. <laughs> like no one else could 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 hang could uh, ride with us. Y'all done clicked up, and y'all was like, we got it. We got it. <laughs> we got it. And and uh, but you know, at the end of the day, though, if anything happened to any of us. It was we all everybody. there. It was the whole clique. We all there. We now, one, it's you, one unit. I can fuck with my siblings, right. but you can't fuck you with can't. us. You can't. You can't say you say one word yeah. against any of my one siblings. One look. Right. Even if they wrong. Right. Right. <laughs> we, we there. We showing up, and we going to have some problems. Showing up, short now. Yes. So, are any of your siblings uh, in the creative uh, lineage atmosphere? All of my siblings are extremely creative, and... For my entire life, I was very, very jealous of them all because I didn't really? feel like I was a creative. I felt like they had wow. all of the skills and the talents. All of them can draw. Okay. I can't draw. Okay. My sister can sing her ass off. She oh, dances wow. really well. She is a magician with hair. Um, they are all so talented. Uh, my brother Raymond, he, he draws very well and he, plays the, uh, he played the keyboard and the piano growing up. Okay. Um, Ted did as well. Uh, now Ted is a producer. He produces music. He makes beats, and that's that's like his thing. Oh wow! So their talents or treasures were like really pronounced early mm-hmm. on. Yes. And you kind of felt like a little bit isolated from. Yeah, because I was like, man, I want to sing. You know, I my daddy. Sing. You want to draw? I wanna my <laughs> my daddy was a bishop. <laughs> and uh, bishop, <laughs> bishop, uh, bishop, reverend. McDonald Jr. I think that's what they call him. Okay. Uh, but uh, and he he actually owned a lot of businesses in East Austin back in the day. Oh wow! Um, when I came along, when we came along, he mostly just had like churches and stuff yeah. in East Austin. Um, but he has a record store that's like pictures of it in the Austin History Center and everything that was on 12th Street, 11th Street, where yeah. Lola's used to be. Okay. That's where that's where his record shop is, and my mom and him were working there. They would. If you there's there's a photo out there, and somebody got it. Somebody has a photo, um, and it's like Big Tech's records, and then it has <laughs> taxes, and then it's a church, Guiding Angel <laughs> Church, and it's just everything they had going on in that little shop. But um, he was and so growing up, he always has little churches. Yeah. And he would have my brothers playing and have my sister singing and, you know, stuff like that. And I'd just be sitting there looking like, you know, just like, yeah, I got y'all. I got y'all. You know, I used to be jealous. I used to be jealous. when did you when did you find your talent? And before we keep going, what would you describe your creative abilities as? Uh, I am a storyteller. How? I am a storyteller. Uh through um, the visual arts, okay. through photography, nice. film, Dope. mixed media, installation yeah. uh, art. Um, and that's, I think that would kind of really, that's a sum of what it is that I do. Um, and the first moment you felt that creative energy was when? <sighs> the first moment I felt the creative energy like I had creative energy yeah. enough to call myself a creative it took it took some work but it was 
it was in my adulthood. It was not too long ago. It was probably like, I'm 31 now. It was probably around 23, 24. Okay. Um, so after I had finished college and everything. Yeah. Uh, but I was always... Uh, like documenting things mm. and I just never understood it as such what would, like what do you mean when you say you was always documenting I always had a camera you always had a camera always had oh, a camera oh you were when when the friends would be like somebody take our picture you would be like I'll I had take the it. camera I had the camera before phones before any of that stuff I had a camera what was your first camera um, so I had, at first I worked with a bunch of disposable cameras and then I had like a Kodak point and shoot camera for a very long time uh, when I was like in uh, high school, I think. Okay. But in middle school, I always had lots of disposable cameras. And I would use my mama's cameras, whatever she would have. Yeah. And then we had a Polaroid. Uh, That's coming back. I know. I was like, wow. Okay. Let me let me see what I can find. Yeah. Dust out. <laughs> I found the old Polaroid camera. I don't know if it works, but I found <laughs> But yeah, I used to, that was, I used to always just have a camera around taking photos of everybody of yeah. my friends of everything we did and I would go to the Walgreens and I would get them printed I'd be like let me get four copies of this five of this one three of this one and I would hand them out to people to all of my friends yeah. and to everyone who was in the photos and I used to love doing that that's what I did wow yes but you never saw yourself as a creative at the time no okay Mm-mm. and so what what was the moment when you was like bitch I'm a creative I, I I got I, there's talent here. Uh, I think it was it was a it was a um, kind of a, what's the word I'm trying to think of? It was a process. Okay, that's the word I'm trying to think of. It okay. was a process of being in creative environments mm. and being uh, with other people who were creating things and around other people who were acknowledging my skills and my talents and were encouraging me encouraging me to like own it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think seeing, like hearing that and seeing my work and then seeing the work of, of I guess, uh, white people in the photography field who are collecting big checks, yeah. who are having big shows and who are living their best lives yeah. and calling themselves artists. It's like, wow, I've been doing this all my life. <laughs> right. And I'm telling stories. And I'm telling stories. Y'all ain't got no story in y'all pictures. <laughs> and y'all stuff the is lighting just, is off. Right. And y'all, and y'all stuff is just. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's um, just not. It's not mine. You right. Know, not yeah. And so I think it. It took. It was a combination of all of that. Like understanding, um, that. I had never been told I was an artist or I was creative or that I was, um, yeah, I was an artist probably because I was a black girl, Mm. a dark skinned black girl, even at that, you know? So none of the teachers, none of the counselors, no one who ever saw me with the camera, no one who, none of the adults who I was always like snapping pictures of and messing with and stuff, nobody ever encouraged me And like held me up in that light. No one ever said, "Wow, you're a photographer, or you're you take great photos, or you're an artist, or you should pursue this. This is something that you could pursue in college." You know, this wow. is something that no one ever said that to me. But then I had all the white peers, and I went to a performing arts high school, a fine arts, oh, wow. a fine arts high school. And no one ever like saw this. No this innate talent. It seems like no, no this innate ability. They were all pushing the black and brown kids towards completely different things, away from the arts. 
And so the Fine Arts Academy was like filled with like white kids. Filled with white kids. Yeah. And none of us, a lot of us never were so talented and really didn't, like the two worlds just did not collide for us. Like we didn't see ourselves as being part of that world. Is that something that you realized and kind of uh, identified after? Or did you feel that when you were at the Fine Arts High School? I didn't feel it at all. You didn't feel it? I didn't feel that's something that I identified. That's something that was part of the process of me claiming my artistry Mm. is when I realized Mm. I've always been doing this and I've more than likely never been told that I'm an artist or that I'm a creative or to pursue this because I'm black. Yeah. You know, well, and because thinking back, like, I just think about like, I went to a performance or a fine arts high school. I was around all of this program and designed around the things that I am interested in. I've always been interested in. Nurturing this talent. Yes, and... No one... No one ever, 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 ever said, you should think about applying to the academy, to the Fine Arts Academy here. Mm. Or you should, you know, look at these classes. Or Mm. you should... um, So you take photos a lot. I see you always taking photos. You should uh, think about joining the yearbook team or the yearbook club. Yeah, You know, something. No one ever said any of that stuff. And so we always felt like... We were were told to do other things, right? And so we always felt like that stuff just wasn't for us or it wasn't our stuff or like that's just not where our skills were like Mm. late you know so you mentioned um through the process of discovering that that label you know Mm -hmm. owning that label of Mm -hmm. being an artist that there were people that was like oh you take a lot of pictures or you do this you do that who who were some of those people early on as an adult that kind of like poured into you Mm. and said you got talent, girl. Yeah. Uh, my mother was one of the first. Mm. Um, always mama. Yeah, always, <laughs> always mama. Always mama. Um, and Carrie Adams, I would have to say, was a huge... Shout out to Carrie. Shout out to Carrie, who's the exhibit coordinator over at the Carver yeah. uh, Museum. Was uh, He's a really get close. We've been friends before he was at the museum. Um, mm. And so he was kind of one of the first people to, to say, you're creative. You're an artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what? Take photos. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you need to own that. So yeah. he's one of the people um, who was very intentional about like saying, you are an artist. Yeah. Claim that you're own creative. It. Own yeah. that. Um, and then um, some of the other people who were around to like, I guess, encourage and contribute to to me owning it. Mm-hmm. Um, Fumi Ogunro, have to shout her out. Shout out to, shout out to Fumi. Um, uh, one of my really good friends, Kelly Coleman. Shout out to Kelly. I don't know Kelly, but shout out to Kelly. <laughs> you probably met... Oh, I, I always ask you if you've met her before. I think y'all would really like each other. She's really okay. Inv- awesome. Inv- invite her to game night. Yeah. Whenever we have that. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, at the equity office here. She actually helped uh, put the equity office in Austin okay. into existence. She was one of the people really who pushed for it. Really shout out to Yeah, to she's doing a lot of great work okay. in the, out in these Austin streets. She's an Austin native. Um... Yeah, those are some of the people who were really influential in um, the early stages of Mm -hmm. me really owning my artistry. And what did it feel like, I guess my question is, now, 
Because I struggled with the same thing. My friends would be like, say you're a playwright. Say you this. I was like, I know. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I just do. I, say you're a poet. I'm, no. I just go and perform it. Right, and right. And it really felt liberating mm-hmm. for me once I took ownership of that. And I felt that it helped my creativity. It made me want to push further. Once I owned it, I wanted to get better. I wanted to see. So what was it? What did it feel like when you was like, my name is Cindy and I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. Right. It definitely, definitely, definitely felt freeing. Mm. It felt very freeing. It, I, and I'm still working on this process of like undoing a lot of internalized mm. programming mm. around... what I can do and what I should be doing you know what I mean Um, so it's like pulling back like all of this stuff that's just kind of been like holding me back from my artistry and so it was very freeing Mm -hmm. and I feel like once I once I believed it myself and once I claimed it for myself um Sky was the limit. Sky, the sky was the limit. Yeah. Like I started exploring all different types of media, and like I discovered, like I really like installation art. Like if I could be an installation artist and solely do installations, like I would be so fucking fulfilled yeah. with my life. And let, so and get ex- paid for it. Yeah, yeah. Get, pay, get, get, get a check. <laughs> Explain to folks who may be listening or watching what installation art is. Okay. If if you if you know or or some examples that they may know or see. Okay. So, man, installation art. I wish I could give a succinct definition because I really can't. Okay. But or what it feels like to you. To me, installation art that I do personally, I can talk about that. It's like I like to really activate a space in a way that makes people question like a reality. Okay. So I like to play with reality. Okay. With my installations. Like for example, one of the things that I did, one of the installations that I did was, it was temporary at the uh, University of Texas over at the Warfield Center. Yes. Um, shout out to them. Shout out to the Warfield Center. Shout out to Lyndon and to Stephanie Lang. Oh, come on now, Lyndon. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Gill. <laughs> Dr. I, Gill. I was in his class one day and they was like, Dr. Gill, I said, who is that? I forgot. I was like, okay, Lyndon. <laughs> Tighten your wig, girl. You're in his class. Tighten your wig. Okay. Yeah, shout out, to, shout out to Lyndon and shout out to Stephanie Lang over there um, and everyone there who helped to make that happen. Um so yard signs are a very real um, thing. Mm-hmm. People use them for a purpose. They, you know, whether it's to sell something, to offer something, um, to buy, put out like a, okay. some type of advertisement, and then people make the yard signs. You know, the Black Lives Matter yeah. yard sign, or the, or the uh, sciences. You know, those science is real. Yeah, love, love is love. Black rights, my human no, right? Yeah, no human is illegal. Yeah, you know stuff like the that. The list, you know. So thinking about that and how I drive through East Austin, a place that's heavily gentrified, and I see all of those signs, right, in the yards of people who are in places where Black people no longer exist mm-hmm. because of them. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, it's just like such a, it's such a paradox. Yeah. It's such a paradox, mm-hmm. like. People, black people and brown people and poor people have all been uprooted, right? 
and income y'all. Yeah, and income with yeah. the signs and yoga mats. And, and, and the yoga mats. And the yoga mats. And the uh, coffee shops. And the coffee shop. That that's when you, the yoga mats and coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And the dogs. And the dogs. And walking the neighborhood. You know there was there was the a study there was a study released I forget what year it was that um, found that there are more dogs in East Austin now than kids. Wow. Was that with uh, I know Dr. Tang does some stuff. It may have been it may have been Dr. Tang, and I really feel bad that I'm not able to really attribute that to the. But you know, by the time whoever. this comes out, we can post it. Right. Yeah, we can post it. We can post that article. But um, yeah, and so what was the question? I'm sorry. I'm the girl, I forgot sorry. too. But uh, oh, oh, no, no, oh it insulation. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So girl, I you know it. we can get to talking. <laughs> So I just kind of took That's that. That's how you know we right. creators, but you, you right. Uh, start I took, here and there. Now uh-huh. we here. Okay. I took that concept. One thing that I started doing was I started collecting signs that these people who are who, the vultures yeah. who put up, we buy houses. I started collecting those signs. I started picking them holes up and taking them out the ground, taking them out the ground, and I started collecting them. And I was like, I want to do an installation with this one of these days. But then I kind of flipped it and I made my own signs. Oh, wow. And I thought about, what do these signs really mean? Uh-huh. And so some of them said things like, buy, uh, we, buy, um, we buy old houses, we buy ugly houses. Um, I, ha- I will have to send you some of the photos of yeah. them. Um, we definitely want to uh, post and highlight those. Yes, but it was if like, can, yeah, you know. and it was like, what are the, just focus on what are the sublim, what's the, the messaging underneath this yeah. all, like, bye-bye black people, yeah. you yeah. know. Uh, I wish I could think of the names. We'll get, it, we'll get it. So I, I kind of took that concept and I installed the the signs on UT's campus. Oh. <laughs> and I blended them in with actual, actual the the we buy yeah. we buy houses, the Black Lives Matter, yeah. the Science is Real signs. Oh shit! That's a that's a dope concept. So that was something that I done, and that's what I like to do that's with what my like installation. So what is your? And I know we're short for time, but what is? I have to ask this question for for the folks, not for me, but for the folks. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your process like? So when you have an idea, mm-hmm. an idea pops in your head, what do you do? Uh, write it down. Okay. Do you keep like a journal of all of your ideas, or you just write it wherever you can get it out? Wherever I can get it out. Okay. I do have a list on my um, on my phone and my computer. My my um, they link up where I keep a long running list of ideas that I have, mm-hmm. um, and I just kind of build on that list and I pick something and I go out and. I'll try to work on it. And yeah. sometimes I work on multiple things at once. Um, and there's, there are times where I'm working on a, such a huge project where that just takes precedence yeah. over everything. And that's what's happening right now. Oh, yeah. Can you say <laughs> the project? Or not yet? Can I tell, talk about yeah. it? Yeah. Just, you know, just look Well, this if, will if you be can. released after. So it's fine. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, so... <laughs> 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 and you know we we record these episodes so far in advance. You know it, it, it works. Okay. Um, so the project that I'm working on right now is for um, art in public places. They um, it's through dance works, forklift dance works. Oh, 
Is this the project that part some of his Givens? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. It's in conjunction with this Givens Given Swims production that they're yeah. doing. Okay. Um, and they've done them around at different pools in the Austin area. Bartholomew Pool is one of them, uh, where they engage with the community members, the lifeguards, and all mm-hmm. that, and they come up with a they choreograph a piece and they perform it yeah. over the course of a couple of weekends. And so they're doing that at Givens Park. Uh, at Givens Pool because the pool is it's up for renovation pretty soon and so um, they're putting on this production and they got uh, they through a partnership with Art and Public Places got funding excuse me to involve two artists in the process to create work to, to uh, go up on display in conjunction with the performances for the Given Swims performance. And this is July 27. This, so it's going to be up, um, the night of the performances are July 20th and 21st. Okay. okay. Um, and then the 27th and 28th? Yeah, I think. Or the last, the, okay. whatever that last weekend is. Um, and so the, the installations will be up the entire time. Okay. Uh, that the performances are going on. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we will, uh, Try to be out there and maybe post pictures of what it looks like for the folks in Sicily area. Oh, but anyway, we can support. Uh, okay, so we got to do this. We always do a top five. And I'm, when you said that earlier, I was like, oh, I've been doing this since whenever we met. Mm-hmm. Okay, top five, and I'll give you a category. <laughs> All right? Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Top five category is best places to eat in Austin. <sighs> And surrounding, you know, if you want to include, you know, the neighboring cities too, that's cool. The the area. Best places. Oh gosh, I don't. Okay, see. You're a vegetarian, right? Yeah, we love our vegetarian. Right. Yeah. I got some friends listening to vegetarian, so come on and tell us. Okay, so I really like um, Tatias. Tatias would be like in that top five. Okay. I don't have to go in any order, do no I? No order. Yeah. Okay, Tatias. Um, oh my gosh. I said I was ready, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, oh. I like I like the catfish at Country Boy Fiction Fixins. Okay. Uh, we were just talking about that place yesterday, actually. I would, Jeremy too. I would say uh I would say uh Rollins as well. Rollins. Uh I eat fish, so Okay. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> no judgment. <in> <laughs> oh gosh, but oh. to Tyus. Listen, let me be honest. I go to Houston. Rolling. That's why I go to eat. But let me see Austin. Uh, okay, tell me two spots in Houston. Two spots in Houston. Yeah. Lucy's, uh, which is Ethiopian food. Okay. Bomb. 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 dot com. Bomb. Uh, and uh, <sighs> Reggae Hut. Reggae Hut. Okay, and that's the top five. Top five. Austin, Dallas. I mean, Austin, Houston, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm throwing my own city in there. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming today. I want to do a part two. Thank you for having me. I, yeah, want, I, I have would other love questions. to. Because yeah. I wanted to talk about your uh, f- your uh, photography that you did with the 12th Street or East Austin. It was an exhibit that was like East Austin focused. I just know it was like black kids. In the mm. in the pictures, I don't. I cannot. I cannot think of like the specific event, but it was mm-hmm. okay. I did my research before you came. Um, thank you for coming. You're welcome. I appreciate thank you coming. You. Thank you. Just know uh, we're supposed to get together and do a game night one day, and I'm going to whoop ass. So that's it. That's it. Joe, Joe thanks. <laughs> um, thank y'all for listening to the season finale. Um, 
Oh, tell them where your social media is and where they can follow you and where they can find so you. So you can uh, find me on Instagram um, at Cindy Elizabeth Photo. Okay. I and do you, have a website. Facebook, but I don't use it. My website, www.cindyelizabeth.com. Okay. That's it. Um, love and light, y'all. Thank you for listening this entire season. I hope y'all have a great, great day, great rest of your year. We'll be back very soon with more episodes of I Just Want to Tell Stories. Mwah. I Just Want to Tell Stories is hosted by Joe Anderson Jr. for The Mahogany Project and produced by Cameron Hawkins for the South Congress Podcast Network. 